the world promises you comfort, but you were not made for comfort. You were made for greatness. You aren't some random person. The reality is, God has already made you his own son or daughter. He made you for something extraordinary. You are a literal son or daughter of a living God. This is Christ's New Generation on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. Good evening and welcome to a new show here on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, Christ's New Generation. And for this summer mini-series, which will last eight weeks, we'll be talking about a variety of different issues, whether it's social dilemmas or whether it's the topics of faith that we all ponder in our hearts. So I'd like to thank you very much for tuning in. I'd like to thank people who came out today. We have a studio audience here at Carmel Catholic High School, which is hosting the kickoff for this event. So thank you very much here for those joined with us today in the crowd and for Carmel High School for giving us this great venue. So nonetheless, I'm going to give you the short rundown of what this show is all about, reflection on why I'm doing it, and then I'll give you the rundown of what we got going on for the show today. So uh, what's the whole point of this show? It's condensed down one word, it's to mobilize. It's to mobilize the youth in our area to live for Christ, not only to have this fire in our hearts and a desire to have a real relationship with our Lord, but also understand Catholic Church, to understand what it believes and why it believes it and why it's so necessary. And we'll be doing this through great speakers, through local priests in our area, and testimonies from you guys, from the youth. And that'll be every single episode. So specifically, why am I doing it? It's quite simply, I felt felt a call in my heart to host a radio show and uh, just to be an outlet for Christ. To you guys, to the youth, because I can relate to you. So that's, that's the sitch that we've got going on for the show. Uh, what we've got going on today, let me tell you, we got quite a lineup. we got Patrick McCaskey, owner of the Chicago Bears, a former athlete at Notre Dame, and a speaker. He'll be addressing why Catholic. He's going to add his input through not only what he's learned, from the Catholic Church, but also what he's learned through through the years of his life and the experiences that he's gained. The second segment of our show will be joined by Father Michael Moriarty, the East Lake Academy, who's one of the priests there, and he'll be adding his input on how to pray. And it's such a simple question, but it yet has such an intricate answer. So we'll be talking about you know what it means to have a relationship with Christ, and we'll also be doing this combined with Lexio Divina, some powerful reflection on Scripture. And uh, lastly, we'll be joined by Mark Sosnowski. He's a great friend of mine. I've known him for a very long time. And he's going to be giving us a testimony on his relationship with Christ and how he got through some very, very unfortunate events to get where he is today. You know, he's loving it. He's revved up. He's ready. Everyone is here for, uh, for the first show you know, with the, with the topics of why Catholic and how to pray got quite a lineup coming down the road within the next following weeks we'll be hearing you know from a variety of different speakers on different topics uh, some of our topics and speakers will be christophonic reflecting on relativism jason ever reflecting on chastity and nick felino nhl captain of the columbus blue jackets will be adding his reflections on faith in sports so nonetheless we're going to head to a quick break Joining me for the first segment of the show will be Patrick McCaskey after. So stay tuned here on Christ's New Generation from WSFI 80.5 FM Catholic Radio. 
Hello, I am Bishop Don Hying from the Diocese of Gary, Indiana. Catholic Radio has a remarkable reach into the minds and hearts of all sorts of people who may not be going to church, who may not have any other connection to learning about the faith. I know so many people have grown in the Catholic faith because they listen to Catholic Radio. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Hello, I'm Joe Scheidler, host of Pro-Life Today on WSFI Catholic Radio 88.5 FM. It's a half-hour conversation with leaders in the pro-life movement committed to protecting the most vulnerable among us. That's every Monday at 3.30 p.m. Or listen anytime by subscribing to our podcast. Visit WSFIRadio.org for more information. That's Pro-Life Today, every Monday at 3.30 p.m. only on WSFI Catholic Radio. Looking at term life insurance? Consider life insurance from Catholic Financial Life and see how we put Catholic values in action. To learn more, call Matt Tomlinson at 847-548-MATT. 847-548-6288. Did you know that you can listen to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio from anywhere in the world? Our live internet stream is available at wsfiradio.org. Just click on Listen Live. We also stream on the TuneIn mobile app for your smartphone or tablet. For iPhone and iPad users, visit the App Store, download the TuneIn app, sign up for a free account, and then search for WSFI. Click Follow to add us to your profile. For Android users, visit the Google Play Store, download the TuneIn app, sign up for a free account, and then search for WSFI. Click follow to add us to your profile. Need help? Call us at 224-206-8455. That's 224-206-8455. Welcome back. I'm your host, John Collin. I'm joined here at the moment with Pat McCaskey at Carmel High School, and, and uh, they truly have offered us a wonderful venue, haven't they, Pat? Yes, they have. It's great to be here. Yes, so uh, Patrick, we're a professional athlete, your speaker, uh, and owner of the Chicago Bears, and the chairman of Sports Faith International. That is quite a resume you've got right there. I've been very fortunate and very blessed. Yeah, definitely. So you have achieved a lot uh, in life, whether it be sports or in your job uh, with the Bears. How has God played a part in your success? When I was seven months in my mother's womb, she received the blessing for expectant mothers. So that was a way to get me off to a wonderful start. And I grew up in the church, been through baptism, and what was called confession, first communion, confirmation, and matrimony. And if my wife predeceases me, I'll consider priesthood and postpone extreme unction for as long as possible. 
<laughs> so, uh, would you be the first priest owner of the Chicago Bears then? Or of any sports institution, for that matter? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Can't say that a lot of people got that on their resume. This is not my first uh, visit to Carmel High School in Mundelein. My first visit was Saturday, October 8th, 1966. Uh, Notre Dame was 3-0, Carmel was 3-0. and It was Carmel's homecoming. It was hot. It was a Saturday afternoon. Notre Dame scored first on Bob Raymond's 46-yard interception return for a touchdown and Steve Hurley's extra point. I was at right outside linebacker and Mike Gavigan of Carmel came around the left end. I got knocked down and Mike ran 80 yards for a touchdown. Carmel kicked the extra point so it was tied 7-7. to In the Second quarter, right before the half, Steve Hurley kicked a 20-yard field goal. In the fourth quarter, uh, the Notre Dame fullback, Greg Lazinski, had a two-yard touchdown run, and Notre Dame was able to win 17-7. to But the great learning experience for me was getting knocked down during Mike Gavigan's 80-yard touchdown run. I was starting at linebacker and on special teams. And I was pouting because I wasn't playing quarterback on offense. After I got knocked down at halftime, I made up my mind to stop feeling sorry for myself because I wasn't playing quarterback and to do the best job that I could as playing linebacker. And in the fourth quarter, I uh, knocked down a pass and we that was one reason why we were able to win the game. So uh, Carmel uh, has been very, very good to me too. <laughs> you know, adaptation, I guess, to, to what, you know, w- what God has for us, you know, like you on the football field plays a part. You know, sometimes, you know, you don't get to the spot to which, uh, to which you desire. You know, where, where else in your life has a, you know, maybe not exactly <laughs> what you had a, that plan turns out to come out into your favor. I did get to play quarterback the rest of the season as well as linebacker. And after the season, I was named to an All-American team, the Catholic New World, the newspaper of the Archdiocese of Chicago. And I was going to play football for Cheshire Academy in Connecticut to get another year of playing experience. And the University of Notre Dame Assistant football coach Joe Yanto said that if I played well at Cheshire, that Notre Dame would seriously consider me for a scholarship to play football there. And right before I left for Cheshire, my eye doctor advised me not to play contact sports anymore because I had what amounted to hernias of both corneas. So instead of playing football for Cheshire, I ran cross country. And that was another time in my life to change directions and it wasn't my will but it was God's I guess to, to, to move you know off of that is uh, our, our faith it you know it offers discipline a, a discipline that that can be put anywhere in life whether it's on the field in the classroom or in any job really uh, faith helps us understand that, uh, that we were made for a higher purpose and that we're here for a bigger use you know than just ourselves that's very true and very well said you're an eloquent young man I get it from my mommy 
Good. Every one of your cells has 23 of your mother's chromosomes, so you got that going for you. Uh, the Bears, like many NFL teams, like many sports teams, have mass and chapel service available in the team hotel before the games. Uh, we try to get the Pope because we think our games are important. We offer $100 and two tickets. And Chuck Simpson said he probably doesn't know who to bring. I said to Archbishop Supich, we have you in mind to say mass for the Bears when we're in the Super Bowl. He replied, I'll be able to do the next one, but I won't be able to do all of them. Well, perhaps we could go over the Ten Commandments of football. All right, let's hear them. <laughs> The original meeting for what is now the National Football League took place on Friday, September 17, 1920 at Ralph Hayes Hopemobile Showroom in Canton, Ohio. There weren't enough chairs for Hay and Hallis and the other founding fathers, so they sat on the fenders and the running boards of the cars. Uh, one, football is a wonderful game. There's blocking and tackling and much, much more. Be enthusiastic. Two. Weddings, births, and vacations should take place during the off-seasons. Three, remember the Hupmobile in the original meeting. Four, all previous games are preparation for the next one. Five, obey the personal conduct policy. Six, work for the good of the league. Seven, win championships with sportsmanship. Eight, you shall not criticize the officials. Nine, you shall not covet other teams, coaches, or players. And Ten, game times are tentative and subject to flexible scheduling. I like the eighth one because I, I think I break that one on a consistent basis of uh, blaming the officials. Well, it is the year of mercy. That's right. <laughs> so you have another chance. There you go. I, I heard you, one of your promos while, while editing one in the 88.5 station, and I'm surprised this one isn't on it. The mortal sin of fumbling a football is one to be confessed, isn't it? That happened to Johnny Latner when he was playing for the University of Notre Dame. He fumbled three times during the game and Notre Dame was still able to win. This was in the early 1950s. So the following Monday, Coach Frank Leahy said to Johnny Latner, there are many chapels on this campus. I want you to go to all of them until you find a place where you can go to confession and then I want you to confess those three mortal sins. Obviously a big part of the team like like Latner the only way that his team was able to win was through that community aspect of the team of every once in a while when you're messing up your team's picking up uh, picking up your slack and uh, I notice that sometimes in, in the Catholic Church that that community aspect of uh, raising each other up. Well if the Apostles had played football they would have been a great team. Peter would have been the quarterback. Andrew was Peter's brother. They would have been used to playing catch in the yard. Let's put Andrew at receiver. James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John were known as the Sons of Thunder. They would have been the running backs. We don't know much about Philip, Bartholomew, James, the son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, and Simon the Cananean. So they would have been the linemen. Doubting Thomas would always be encouraging his teammates to play harder. Let's put him at middle linebacker. 
If Mike Singletary had been an apostle, the other apostles wouldn't have slept in the Garden of Gethsemane. Matthew, the tax collector, was used to dealing with money. Let's put him at end like George Hallis. Matthias, who replaced Judas, would have been the kicker. Paul would have been the writer like me. He wrote a lot of letters, even though the Corinthians were the only ones who ever wrote back. So you've thought about this. Yes. Wow. I see how, long, how long did it take you to come up with this? Uh... Uh, it's many years of Catholic education. I see. I see. Did you get that at Notre Dame? Partly, yes. Partly. Right. Partly at St. Mary's in Des Plaines, uh, the grammar school, and partly at Loyola University of Chicago and DePaul University in Chicago. Definitely. So uh, we're, we're just about to wrap up this segment, uh, Why Catholic? Do you have any other uh, last words you'd like to send out to the listeners? Well, I have a bearish prayer. Bearish prayer? Yes. Does, does every team in the NFL have, a, have an official prayer? Not to my knowledge, but I don't know everything. Alrighty, let's hear it. Bitterness is spiritual cancer. Forgiveness is spiritual rapture. Weather is a reminder that God is the boss. The Spirit strengthens us even after a loss. Jesus Christ is the man. Salvation is the plan. When we dance God's dance, he gives us another chance. God's work is efficient. His food is sufficient. Here's a part of my prayers. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Very well massively put together. Thank you very much. We're about to head to our break, so thank you very much, Mr. Kip McCaskey, for joining me in the first segment. It was great to be with you. This is better than talking to myself. <laughs> Classic sign-off. Well, nonetheless, stay tuned. Father Michael Moriarty will be coming up in the next segment. Hang with us, folks. Hi, this is Mike McCoy. I went to the University of Notre Dame, played 11 years in the NFL. And why is Catholic Radio relevant for the Chicago area? Well, I think it's relevant all over the country because of what's going on in our culture today. I see it all the time as I go into Catholic schools. A lot of pressure on our young people. You know, what's the truth? What's what's not the truth? What's the absolute truth? So hopefully by coming into this social media radio, we'll get some positive things out there so people can listen to. So that's why I think it's relevant because our culture is overwhelming us today. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. 
Are you retired or near retirement? Do you want to keep a larger amount of your assets in a safe place with guaranteed interest rates to protect yourself from a huge market swing? Are you amazed at how low the interest rates are at your bank? If you said yes to any or all of those questions, you may want to call me, Matt Tomlinson, at Catholic Financial Life to discuss our guaranteed fixed rate annuities. Call 847-548-MAT, 847-548-6288. Products not available in all states. Listen at 7 o'clock p.m. every Tuesday to WSFI Spotlight, a half-hour conversation with outstanding Catholics from our community and around the world. WSFI Spotlight re-airs on Saturday at 3.30 p.m. or listen on demand anytime by subscribing to our podcast. Visit wsfiradio.org for more information. It's WSFI Spotlight, a conversation with Catholics living in the light. Only on WSFI Catholic Radio, Tuesdays at 7 o'clock p.m. Welcome back here to Christ's New Generation, the summer miniseries on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. And here for the second segment, I'm joined by Father Michael Moriarty. Father, how are you doing? Good, John. Good to be here. Thanks. Yeah, thank you very much. You're at East Lake Academy. How was it teaching the little youngsters? Well, uh, I don't do much of the teaching. We've got a pretty good staff of teachers there. My role is as chaplain to provide the sacraments, so bring God's grace to the children and also to the, the teachers, the staff, the parents. We do Mass there three days a week. Confessions uh, every week, we provide that. And then also a lot of spiritual direction, so one-on-one uh, spiritual counseling for uh, the teachers, staff, and the parents who ask for it. So it keeps me pretty busy. We'll move into today's, today's topic. Uh, how to, it's a very broad question, but unfortunately a lot of people, they don't know how to pray. They will say, I don't know how to pray. Aside from the set, Our Father, Hail Mary, I don't really you know, know much about how to pray. So the first question I'll ask you is, is a very broad one. You know, what is prayer? Well, that's a good question, John. Uh, it's, if maybe if we had about four hours, we could uh, tackle <laughs> this, this question. But I'll... Uh, I'll try to break it down. I would divide prayer in general into two kinds of prayer or types of prayer, vocal and meditative. So obviously the Our Father, the Hail Mary, the Glory Be, those prayers that we recite, that we, that we say by memory or that we read are vocal prayers. And they're very important because we can pray them as a community. We can uh, be one in communion as we pray to God, to the one true God, Jesus Christ, and we can uh, have these tried and true formats and structures that have come down through the centuries to the tradition of the church to us and that really embody uh, the sentiments of, say, a psalmist or what the scripture says or what Christ himself taught us to say. So vocal prayer is the first and very important type of prayer. I would say meditative, though, is just as important. And as you mature in your life of faith, in the spiritual life, as you grow in your interior depth and profoundness in prayer, uh, it's essential. You have to take that step from uh, more of an automatic vocal prayer to something that's deeper and more in touch with God himself speaking with him. And the way I would describe meditative prayer is as a conversation. 
right? So vocal prayer, you don't really stop. You're speaking the whole time. But if, uh, if I came up to somebody here in the room today and uh, just started doing all the talking, it wouldn't be a conversation. It'd be a monologue. And if we go to prayer like that all the time, we never hear God's voice. And that's, that's a big void in our spiritual life. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, you know, I think one of the two biggest mistakes that people make in their prayer is, number one, asking. Talk, talk, almost filling space with empty words and not simply listening. And secondly, is that people have to understand that it's a conversation. It's not only saying the set prayers, it's not only going to Mass, but it's actually having a relationship with God yes. and sharing it with Him. Absolutely. And that's, that's what will happen as you grow in your faith. You realize that Jesus Christ is a person that I have a relationship with. He's my best friend. He's, he's the friend who laid down his life for me to save me. And as that relationship grows, you need to speak with him. If I had a friend and I never spoke with him on the phone or in person, that friendship after a while just kind of fizzle out. Same thing can happen in our friendship with God. I think uh, in that conversation, it's important to listen attentively. There's a certain openness that we have to come to in our prayer to, to be open to what God has to say to us and a certain uh, atmosphere of silence as well. A lot of times when we go to pray, uh, there's so much noise in our lives, so many distractions that we don't hear God's voice. We're thinking about other things, even if we're trying to listen. Why? Because we don't have that atmosphere of silence. One of my favorite uh, passages about prayer is from 1 Kings 19, where Elijah, he's out in the desert alone, and he's waiting for God to hear God's message for him. And he hears a great thunder, an earthquake, a tremendous wind, but then in this small whispering breeze, is when he senses God's presence and he hides his face and that's when he begins to pray. Silence and just listening. This is the God of the universe. He's definitely got some good stuff to say. That's where, I feel like that's where we experience a lot of grace in our prayer life. It's gotta be a desire to do God's will, an openness to change your life, to change where your life is going. And uh, I'd say most importantly, it's, it's a desire to get to know him. And that's why God created all of us, is that we were made to be in a relationship with him, and he made us combat, compatible with his desire for us. Yes. Uh, not only is it compatible, it's, it's the way we'll be happiest in life, is knowing what God has to say for us, the message. Uh, the way I think about it is, I've heard you say in the previous interview how we are made for greatness. And it's very true. I would add, we're also made for happiness. God has created us, each one of us, to be happy in this life and in the next with him. How do we find that happiness? By finding the mission, the plan that he has in mind for me to carry out in my life. That's how I will be ultimately happiest and most fulfilled. Fulfilling that role, that plan that he's made me for. And uh, so I wanted to encourage in your prayer to really be open to what God has in mind for you, to, to ask, Lord, what do you want me to do? 
What's your plan for me? I have my own wants and desires, and you know, I wanted to be a blues musician growing up. That was my, uh, my aspiration. I, had, I was in three different rock bands in high school and wanted to start recording my own CDs. And I, I knew that God might be calling me to the priesthood. So I began to discern. And I remember my mom saying, the way you'll most be fulfilled in life is doing what God wants. Because before he formed you in my womb, he knew you. And that comes from scripture as well. There's a few different passages, like Psalm 139 or um, the first chapter of Jeremiah. I've had that experience in the confessional where somebody will come in and say, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. It's been 40 years since my last confession. And you know they'll make a beautiful confession and I'll give them absolution. And then after that, it'll sink in. You know what, I'm, I'm 35 years old. That means that from before I was even a twinkle in my mother's eye, the Lord had in mind for me to be an instrument of mercy and grace in this man's life. And you know what, that makes it all worth it. It's so fulfilling to know that God has, he's thought of me, even before he created the universe, he thought about each one of us and what we would be like, the way we'd look, how we would act, and the mission that he had in mind for me to carry out. So that takes a lot of openness when we, when we go to prayer to really be patient and listen to God's voice. What do you want me to do, Lord? Yeah, what God has in desire. The big point I want to bring up, and it will probably come up, you know, shows in the future, but that call to priesthood. A lot of people will feel a call in their hearts when they're young and say, no, that's not for me. When they go 10, 15 years down the road in life and they keep hearing that call, then finally when they accept it and they go into this lifestyle, they find out that that's the best way that they've ever lived. So listening to what God has to say, and the mission he's got for you. Not only is he going to make you happy, but you truly are going to make a difference in the lives of those around you. Absolutely. I think if it takes years to discern the, the a call of the priesthood, uh, it, can be, it can be tough. It, I was in high school when I felt the call, and I joined the seminary right after my senior year of high school. Studied in uh, Cheshire, Connecticut for a year, and then was sent to Salamanca, Spain to do my classical humanities studies, got a degree there at the university, and then also in New York I did my bachelor's in philosophy, my internship on Wall Street with a priest offering spiritual guidance for business leaders, and then was sent to Rome, Italy to do my master's in philosophy and theology, and was ordained there at St. John Lateran Basilica, and then assigned here to Chicago. I've been here the last three years, kind of cutting my teeth on... uh, how to be a priest, and there's so much to learn, and it's so fulfilling. That, um, that journey of studies took about 14 years, start to finish. Uh, it wasn't too long. It prepared me very well. I believe the Lord had that whole plan in mind for me, and I'm very grateful for it, even though it was hard. And that's another thing about um, you know, meditative prayer. Sometimes what God asks us to do in prayer, and when we hear it, we're just like, ugh. I remember going, when I started to discern at the seminary, I, I envisioned myself like Abraham with a knife, and the Lord was just going to stop me from sacrificing my whole life to become a priest. And he didn't. didn't stop me. But I'm, I'm very grateful, and I wouldn't trade a day, uh, even though it's been, it's, there's a lot of sacrifice that goes along with it. 
But I think with any vocation, any vocation you're called to love, and love entails sacrifice. Whether you're called to be a husband, to be a father, to be a priest, or a consecrated person as a religious nun, or whatever your calling may be, even the single life, it's always a call to love. And where do we learn how to love? From Christ in prayer. Certainly, and uh, to shift gears a little bit from you know, simply listening to God is one of the greatest forms of prayer. You know, but there are so many others. You know, you look at the rosaries and the vena and the mass, which is the greatest uh, form of prayer. But all of them have this just abundance of graces that we get, not only, you know, in the words that we say and, and if we mean those words, but also in, in the sacrifice of it. One of the favorite things about the mass is not only do you get, do you get the word of God and uh, the Eucharist, but big part of the Mass is also, it's that little sacrifice. I think we feel it nowadays more than ever in the busyness of our lives where it's, it's now or my day and God is for you. This is now or my day that I'm focusing all my intention and my heart on hearing what you have to say for me. Yeah, to talk about the Mass is a whole nother, uh, it's one of my favorite things to talk about. And it's, it's difficult to explain as a priest how profound it is to, to be humbled as you invoke the Holy Spirit and ask Christ to basically come down from heaven and be present on the altar in your hands. And to be humbled also by you know, sometimes a lack of faith, like, Lord, you're really doing this through me? Like, when I say these words, you're, you're coming. Your sacrifice is made present again. Calvary is here. And thousands of angels hovering around the altar. Can't see them, but they're there at each Mass. It just blows your mind. And I always try to take my time and not get used to the Mass. I remember my, the first Mass I celebrated after my ordination day, I was trembling. And I had to be careful not to drop the chalice and spill the precious blood. I was so nervous. And I sang the whole Mass, actually. Um, it's one of my uh, favorite things to do is, is to chant the different parts of the liturgy. So that's, that's another level of prayer where you, be, you come into contact with Christ through the sacraments and receive him in communion and become united with him in his body, blood, soul, and divinity. Yeah, one of the biggest ways, you know, like the Mass, that, that we come into contact with what, a, you know, what God wants for us it's also through his very words and, and through the words that, you know, he inspired in those who wrote the Bible. For, for all of our shows, we're, we're going to have Alexio Divina segments. So I'll, I'll first run through it. And then Father Moriarty, you'll give a more in-depth, uh, meditative way of listening to the Word of God. And this is actually one of my favorite sections of the Bible, uh, Isaiah. And I, and I really love what Isaiah chapter 43 you know, has got to say. And, and to those who are listening and to those who are, you know, in our audience, they just want to you know, have you calm down, you know, calm your mind and your heart, close your eyes and just hear what God has to say to you. But now thus says the Lord, who created you, Jacob, and formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through waters, I will be with you. Through rivers, you shall not be swept away. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned nor will flames consume you. For I, the Lord, am your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. 
I give Egypt as ransom for you, Ethiopia and Seba in exchange for you, because you are precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you. I give people in return for you, and nations in exchange for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. From the east, I will bring back your offspring. From the west, I will gather you. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them. Bring back my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. All of you are called by my name. I created for my glory. I formed them, made them. Let out the blind, though they have eyes, deaf, though they have ears. Let all the nations gather together. Let the peoples assemble. Who among them could have declared this or announced to us the earlier things? Let them produce witnesses to prove themselves right, that one may hear and say, it is true. You are my witnesses, oracle of the Lord, my servant whom I have chosen. To know and believe in me and understand, I am he. Before me, no other God was formed. And after me, there shall be none. I, I am the Lord. There is no savior but me. So now as we move on to the meditative part, just calm your hearts, calm your minds, and just breathe and just listen to what God has to say as we piece apart each verse and to what he has to say for us. Lord, I know that this is not just any word, that this is your word, that it's living and active. Anytime I read the words you speak to me through the scripture, they have something to say to my heart. So Lord, I open my heart to you now, to what you have to say through these words. Thus says the Lord who created you, Jacob, and formed you. Lord, I see that this prophet Isaiah who speaks these words and who wrote these words down was called by you. He was called to speak, to be unafraid, to be a prophet. And you also ask me to be a prophet. Maybe not always speaking words, but speaking through actions and using words when necessary. I know that the saints would talk about preaching always and sometimes using words. So Lord, make me a prophet. Help me to be like Isaiah. And I see the time in which Isaiah lived was a time of uncertainty where people were searching, trying to know what God's will was. And there's many times in my life where I feel that, yeah, I don't know what you want, what your will is. So tell me, make it clear for me. Because I desire, I want to do your will. Isaiah knew that you were with him. And I know that you are with me here now. I know that you never abandoned me, that you're always close to me. And I ask you, Lord, to always fill me with the courage of your presence, that I will know that you're always near and not be afraid. 
So this is kind of a typical way of meditating, of speaking to our Lord with the scripture. The Lexio Divina, which, which stands in uh, Latin, it means a divine reading. It's reading the scripture with God in a divine way. And it's a Benedictine tradition. It's very ancient. It tends to be more analytical, where you go through you know, some of the background, context, history of the literature of that book of scripture and then into each word and what what it means there are other types of or other traditions of meditative prayer like the carmelite which is more mystical it it looks for the hidden meaning oftentimes what god may be saying to my heart and not just in general to everyone through that scripture passage and then one that i use a lot is the ignatian method where you engage the imagination a lot and you contemplate what the scene looked like, what the prophet was feeling, what did he hear, what did he smell. And it, it can be very engaging for the whole person to pray in that way. But with the Psalms and with the prophets, uh, they're very rich and it's kind of like a diamond. You can just behold its beauty from one angle, but then you tilt it just a little bit <laughs> There's a whole other facet of just tremendous depth that opens up. And you could read the same psalm or the same scripture passage a hundred times in your life. And that hundred and first time, it'll say something totally new. Why? Because it's God's word. He speaks to us in new ways all the time. He always has something new to say. So I don't know if that helps at all, meditative prayer. Yeah, I mean, certainly. And... And as you'd mentioned, you know, there's so many dimensions uh, mm-hmm. to prayer. And I think especially, you know, this passage, Isaiah 43, it's just got so much. And not only of the trying times that, that we're all going through, that we're all going through trials and tribulations, but, you know, the Lord is always with us and, and he's always holding us. And uh, they, we might lose a battle, but we definitely haven't lost the war. But also looking at it, you need to go further through that verse. I, I really like especially Isaiah 43.4, I think that one you can just contemplate in so many different ways, mm-hmm. understand that we are, all of us are precious in God's sight, and he does love us. You know, we know that, you know, not only through the words he says here, but through everything else that's done throughout the Bible. I mean, the sacrifice of God giving up his only son for us, for you, you know, for me, for, for everyone here. Yeah. You know, that, that's just so deep to really... Uh, yeah, that... That fourth verse that you just mentioned, uh, because you are precious in my eyes, and I've honored, and I love you. I think that that's one Benedictine Lexio Divina tradition talks about chewing on the word of God. So Isaiah, he was actually called by the angel to put this scroll in his mouth and eat it. And that's the Benedictines kind of take that literally and say, yeah, let's eat it and chew on it and like savor all the juices like a, like a piece of steak. If you cook it right, which is one of my favorite things to do is grill steak, you know, do it the right way. I grew one of my like, favorites is to eat steak. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but that line there, the fourth verse, because you are precious in my eyes and I love you. Uh, something that I've bumped into a lot is people feel unloved, that they're not lovable. And it's something that you have to kind of take your time with, be patient, but eventually kind of deprogram from people. That, 
God loves you. He loves you just the way you are. And actually, if he had to recreate you all over again, start from scratch, you know, start over, he wouldn't change you. He wouldn't do it differently. And sometimes it's hard for people to stomach, like, well, yeah, but Father, I think he'd at least change this one thing about me, you know, this one defect. Like, no. God doesn't make mistakes. And he loves you. He's loved you from all eternity. And he will love you from all, for the rest of eternity. And there's nothing you can do to change that. Now, we sin. We make mistakes. We, we can really stick our foot in it. But if God is our father and we are his beloved children, he doesn't love us less when we make a mistake. You know, I, I know a, a dad who was taking his son for a walk and he was checking his phone as he walked along and his two-year-old, two-and-a-half-year-old son, Joachim was his name, he uh, tripped on the sidewalk, fell and scraped his knees and his hands and his dad immediately turned around and scooped him up and said, what, what happened? And his son said, I was trying to follow you through his tears. He's trying to walk in his dad's footsteps. They were too big, and he tripped on one of the seams in the pavement. But did his dad love him less for that? No, actually, he was very proud of him. He was touched. I mean, you, you got scraped trying to follow me, trying to imitate me. And many times in our lives, in our journey of faith, we are following Christ. We're trying to walk in his footsteps, and we fall. And we're going through this battlefield, this valley of tears, if you want to call it that. Well, it's not all tears. It's a lot of happiness also. But we get shot up. We get full of bullet holes along the way. And I don't know a general who looks at his soldiers after a battle like that and says, like, you worthless. You got shot. You got wounded. No, he's like, you took that bullet from me? You took that, that wound in battle trying to pursue and follow and take this hill with me? That's the way Christ sees us as well, as his children. And it takes a long time, I think, to meditate on that. You are precious in my eyes, and I have loved you. Verse 4, chapter 43 of Isaiah. You could savor that. You could chew on that for a long time. And uh, the more, I'll tell you, the more we can assimilate God's love for us and experience that love, the more we'll be able to be at peace with ourselves, with our own frailty, our own weakness, our own misery, and know that God loves us despite that. Not that he's okay with mediocrity, no. He's, he doesn't want us, he doesn't say like, yeah, just stay there in your sin, be miserable, no. He calls us always to a higher standard, but he loves us, we are precious in his eyes. And so we can be confident, and we can begin as we soak up God's love in our prayer life, we can begin to reflect it to others, to, to each soul that we encounter in our lives. Our smile can be the smile of Christ for them. We can be that beautiful image of God for them that we're called to be. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, certainly, you know. And, you know, I really like what you had mentioned about father trying, or the son trying to follow in his father's footsteps. And there's got to be nothing more warming to God than to see you know, us trying to fill in what he's done. And, that, and that's the whole mission, what called to do at, you know, not only just as Catholics, but even to all the Protestant denominations out there as Christians, to, mm-hmm. where to try to follow and into what uh, Christ is, and the way that Christ has paved uh, not only his life. A couple more minutes until um, 
until this segment comes to a close. Uh, do you just have any more closing remarks uh, before we head off? Well, yeah. I've, sometimes people will come to me and say, Father, you know, I just spent 15, 30 minutes in prayer. How do I know if my prayer was good or not? How do I know if I did it right? You know, I didn't feel anything. And so that's, that's one of the greatest pitfalls, actually, in the spiritual life, is to base our prayer on feelings. We've got to be, be careful not to be a fair-weather fair weather friend to Jesus. Prayer is, is much more than feelings. Now, if, if good feelings come along with my prayer, blessed be God. But if they don't, and I'm just kind of struggling through my prayer, it's kind of dry, that's not a bad prayer. It still, uh, still has a lot of meaning, value in God's eyes. It shows our commitment. It shows that we are willing to, to be there with him, not just for our own sake, but to praise and worship and love and adore him. Really, that's the attitude you should go to prayer with. And then, yeah, if you, you know you've done a good prayer or not, if you're more bent on doing God's will, if, you're, if your own will is more united to God's will. And that's where following Christ has to be a consequence of prayer. Once I speak with him, once I listen to him, if I'm not following him more faithfully, more closely, then my prayer still has a, something to be better to, to grow in. And that's a, a lifelong journey. We're always growing and following Christ more faithfully. That's right. And uh, in that lifelong journey, we're all in it right now. And even if you haven't started it, kind of been pushing away now is the time you know the time is always opportune you know to jump on that that wagon and, and join up the road with uh, with christ through life but nonetheless we're going to head over to a, a testimony we're going to hear from one of the youth in our area mark Sosnowski of zion high school will be coming up but father michael Moretti, thank you very much for coming you, on it, is, it has been great uh hearing the Thanks topic you. you know what is prayer and i think it answered very well uh, so stay tuned with us here on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. Hello, I'm Scott Hahn from Franciscan University of Steubenville in Ohio. Catholic Radio is essential for the new evangelization. It reaches people who are not necessarily going to darken the doorways of a local parish, but they'll be driving by, and you can recommend it. You can even turn it on when you got a passenger in the car. Catholic Radio deserves your support as well, not only your prayer support, but also your financial aid. So I encourage you all, get involved and spread the word. God bless you. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at WSFIRadio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Hi, this is Brian Farley, host of Men of Christ Radio. For 10 years, through conferences, retreats, workshops, and special events, Men of Christ has been helping men to live their Catholic faith more boldly by exposing them to Catholic teaching, practices, and speakers that open eyes and change hearts. Well, now, we'll be doing it on the radio, too. 
WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio to be specific. Tune in every first Saturday at 10 a.m. and again every first Monday at 10 p.m. right here on WSFI for Men of Christ Radio. Spiritual warfare, the power of prayer, defending the church, and more. We'll be talking about all of it on Men of Christ Radio. For more information, go to WSFICatholicRadio.org. Men of Christ Radio, inspiring conversations about your faith, your family, your nation, your world, and what you, as a man of Christ, can do about it. Did you know that you can listen to WSFI local programming on demand? Full episodes of Pro-Life Today, WSFI Spotlight, Healing the Whole Person, Bursting Forth in Sound, along with our novenas, prayers, and devotions are available on your mobile device or online. For iPhone and iPad users, open the already installed podcast app and search for WSFI. Then click subscribe. Android users need to visit the Google Play Store, download the Stitcher app, create a free account, then search for WSFI. Add us to your favorites playlist by clicking the plus sign in the upper right-hand corner of the screen. The full archive of local shows is also available at WSFIRadio.org. Need help? Call us at 224-206-8455. That's 224-206-8455. Are you retired or near retirement? Do you want to keep a larger amount of your assets in a safe place with guaranteed interest rates to protect yourself from a huge market swing? Are you amazed at how low the interest rates are at your bank? If you said yes to any or all of those questions, you may want to call me, Matt Tomlinson, at Catholic Financial Life to discuss our guaranteed fixed rate annuities. Call 847-548-MATT, 847-548-6288. Products not available in all states. Hi, I'm Juliana Tamorazzi, the host of Voice of Nineveh on WSFI Catholic Radio 88.5 FM. Please join me in our studio audience every first Friday of the month at 11 a.m. to discuss matters which our Christian brothers and sisters face every day in the Middle East. To make reservations to be in the studio audience, please call us at 224-206-8455. That number again is 224-206-8455. WSFI is on social media. Follow us on Twitter at WSFIFM and like us on Facebook by searching for WSFI Catholic Radio. Did you know you can listen to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio online? Visit WSFICatholicRadio.org and click on Listen Live. That's WSFICatholicRadio.org and click on Listen Live. back once more with Christ's New Generation. We're just a few minutes out from closing down the show, but before that, we've got a testimony uh, from a good friend of mine, Mark Sosnowski. Mark, how are you doing tonight? Good. Thank you, John, for having me out tonight. So, uh, so Mark, tell us a little bit about yourself, just as a brief overview. I'm a senior at Zion Bend Township High School, participate in many activities, such as NHS, play volleyball for Zion. You omitted tractor pulling. Yeah. <laughs> I do that too. Alrighty, but let's get into to the faith aspect as we uh, we're short on time here on this on this last segment. But 
you had unfortunately suffered a, a very serious accident early into high school. Just give us a brief overview of uh, what happened. In the year 2013, after my freshman year during that summer, I fell 15 feet headfirst into a rock. I broke my neck at C1 and C2, and I had multiple skull fractures. In all of that, I lost my eyesight in my left eye and only have half the right eyesight in my right. Yeah, definitely something very traumatic to go through, but how did God get you through it? Before the accident, I never really went to any youth group or anything like that. And after the accident, I sure felt like left out and stuff. And my mom always talked about having me go there. And one of these days, I finally said, yes, I want to. I felt like I was called to do it. And I went there, and it felt like I got closer and closer to God through just being with all the other people who were supportive and on the same page. Definitely. And a, a tremendous friendship, I'd say, developed uh, in, our, in our youth group, whom we call the God Squad. You know, you really take that, take that burn, uh, that cross that, got, that fell upon you, and you take it as a champ, uh, so much so, you actually tell me uh, blind jokes that I'm supposed to tell to you from time to time. So you're, you're definitely a trooper for that. I mean, you have, to, you have to make yourself feel better, too, as long as the other people around you. <laughs> definitely. So what experiences, you know, after this accident, once you started to accept a, a real relationship with God, what experiences even furthered this life living under Christ? Between the uh, trips with the youth group and everything like that, that brought us closer and everything. But I guess the main one would have to be Steubenville. When we went down there and we had thousands of other kids like us who were all on the same page and believed in the same cause, it was just eye-opening and just, I guess, opened up part of me. Yeah, you know, for, for all the listeners out there, Steubenville, if you get the chance, it's a, it's a Catholic youth conference. You've got to go. And it, it just opens up a, a whole new... Whole and out, a whole new outlook from the speakers, your own life, but also a relationship with God through a series of talks and, and through adoration. But where do you see your faith going? That's, that's obviously a big question you know, that we have to ask ourselves and how we live out our faith. You know, where do you see your faith going in the future? I plan on still attending Mass and such after I go off to college in the next couple months. plan on staying on the same route and hopefully having a family of my own and just living out life the way yeah. God wanted me to. Definitely, and that is something that we heard in the, early in our second segment about uh, you know, how, how we're all called to just live out the way that, that God has asked of us, accept the role that he has for each and every single one of us, and how we live not only in the present, but also in the future. So it's definitely something to keep in mind, especially as we, as we move through college. But I'd like to thank you, Mark, very much for, for coming out and doing this interview and, and giving a great witness testimony into to how we are called to live. Uh, but nonetheless, we're, we're heading down to the last couple of minutes here that we've got on uh, Christ's new generation. We'd just like to give you an overview on uh, what we've got going on next week. Next week, we'll hear, my guest will be Chris Stefanik, who is a... This is a major speaker within the Catholic world, and we'll be talking about relativism. And let me tell you, this is one of the biggest talks you're going to have to hear on relativism and how there's this philosophy that I'd say about 90% of high schoolers accept, and they don't even know that they have accepted it and how dangerous it is and how even Pope Benedict XVI had said, you know, this is one of the greatest evils we confront. So definitely tune in if you can. It'll also be on our podcast so I'd like to thank you once again for tuning in to Christ's New Generation here on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. I've been your humble host, John Collin. 
I hope you tune in later. May God bless you. This has been an episode of Christ's New Generation on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. For more information about this program, visit wsfiradio.org. That's wsfiradio.org.